Here we are. Let's go, let's go. Chop them off like grenades. It's record talk time. <laughs> Woo! Two hands there. What's up, pain now? How are you? So that was exciting. It was. Rob, you were like you were playing the role of the air, uh, the air raid siren right there. That's uh, I was hoping he would get the. Uh, uh... There it was. Yeah. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> well, uh, Ace Ventura with the door open right, and closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of that. Hold Amazing. Here, I don't yeah. believe that we are properly everywhere I want to be. Um, I'm not properly everywhere. So welcome back. Welcome back. Long time. It feels like a long time. Yeah, super long time. Well, especially because I missed the um, Van, Halen. Van Halen one, which I was listening to that today. It's really what an awesome episode, guys. Just phenomenal. Thanks, man. Yeah, great takes. And I haven't finished it because it's been super busy at work. So I've tried to like squeeze in listens in like three minute segments. So it's taking me a snail's <laughs> pace to get to it. But um, yeah, it's some, yeah, really good, really good stuff, man. I would like for you to um, check out when you have a moment the. Um, the actual songs on our lists because I feel like um Did there's some cool them? stuff on there, you know. Did you guys post them on Facebook? No. No, no. I'll send them to you. Oh yeah. James, how hot is it by you? Uh I don't know. 79 in my house. I'm pretty comfy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it was like a hundred and four out earlier. But like earlier in the day when I'm like when I'm working, I have an AC vent right over my head and a ceiling fan right behind that. So during the course of the workday, I'm really cool. So when I, if I go out in the 100 degrees after work, it feels kind of nice. But after I've been in it for about a half hour or so, that's when you're like, it's pretty warm. <laughs> yep. It's pretty warm. All <laughs> well, of my I'm... clothes are now translucent. But up for a little while, it was pretty good. Well, I mean, you were in New York. I mean, dealing with the heat and humidity there, is it? would you prefer the dry heat of the desert? Or do you? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. <sighs> so yeah. much. Being in a being in the machine shop for a week, it was basically like drowning for five days. Oh right, because so, you're not remote if you're in New York. You're you're on. I like go to the building. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It was very very warm. Yeah, but no big deal. Anyway, so for those enjoying our time together, this is our first record talk as the the, the Triforce of Awesome since. Um, oh, come on, let's get it. Let's get it right. Oh. Oh wait, no. What is it? Uh, yeah, there it is. I'm the I'm you're the bottom. Hey, where am I? Don't uh, don't say that too loudly. There it is. <laughs> Frank's in the frame. Yes. Yes. Come on, James. You gotta you gotta do the bottom. Get on the bottom, buddy. Uh, that's ah, as high ah, as that's as high as it gets. Okay. But that works. This is gonna right? be great for the audio only portion. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Each arm you're is like, making an angle to make a triforce. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Oh, we man. took we took some time off so I could reopen over here at the school and things have been going swimmingly. Swimmingly. And, um, summertime. James turned forty in our uh, absence, I believe. Yes. Was Wasn't your big forty? It was my forty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, we, drank, we 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 uh, ingested on the topic of the next topic. We had a very very tasty fancy pants um, brown liquid that evening. It was very nice. I nice. very much enjoyed. I went, back, I went back there for my dad's birthday last week, James, and Lloyd mm -hmm. was like, uh, do you want some of that? And I was like, no, 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 I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but like now I'm like on the upper echelon of the cool circle where he's like, oh, this is this is the, the whiskey bourbon guy, so we can feed him in this stuff, yeah. yeah Dude, if he, depending on what he offers you, you just, whatever it is, just be like, 
okay. Because <laughs> I know what's in that cabinet now. So anything he offers you, you say yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed, we do. Oh, it's having a red wine. Red. But on the topic of ingesting beverages, which is an important part of life, we're on to our next segment of the show, one of our best, most popular ones. What's in the... What's in the... What's in the... What's in the... Glass. What's in the... What's in the... What's in the... What's in the... Glass. All right, boys and girls, and with that self-explanatory little ditty, we're going to ask you, what's in your glass? What's in your glass? I've got water in my dosage. <laughs> hey, where'd you get that Dozaki's glass? I stole it from a bar. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> That's where you get those glasses, isn't it? Like, you, you wouldn't buy them. No, you never buy them. You steal them. <laughs> oh, I'm going to return it. I just got to no, remember where I took it from. Free, so, I mean, you're not doing anything wrong. So I, that... uh, I have a bottle of Nesquik. God, you're so sensitive today. It should be fun. You're sensitive. Good. Nesquik again? Always. Oh, again, because I was watching. <laughs> it's because I was watching the Van Halen. I'm like, you already had that today. <laughs> I had the Nesco when we did the Van Halen episode too. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's my drink of choice these days for my like post dinner meal. Nice. Well, for those also enjoying your time with us, please be aware that you can purchase one of these fantastic. If it will work, oh, it's not gonna work there. Oh, not the glass. Sorry. Mm. Eddie's doing a dance in the background because it's hot as balls down here in my basement. So if you click the links below, you can order one of our very, very, very limited edition What's in the Glass t-shirts. What's in that? What's in that? They are absolutely amazing. Sponsored very, by very, Brad Pitt himself. Correct. Correct. And they're available, I believe. And David Fincher. Yeah. Below us if you were to make a click upon that. So what's in my glass? You're curious to ask. I have Hell yeah. The remnants of an iced Americano with a splash of almond milk and a stevia. I'm going to drink all of it right now. Nice. Nice. And then, uh, and then this uh, healthy greens diarrhea looking beverage, which tastes like coconut. Yeah. Sewer water. <laughs> that, looks like. that does not taste like grass. No, this one is, is flavored with a, with a nice flavor. This tastes like a, like a pina colada. Yeah. Oh, nice. Does Very it, cool. does it Where have clumps in it you just gotta keep shaking it <laughs> no, where not. do you get all your uh, healthy drinks where are you always buying these um you don't make a bunch of different companies this one is from the same one who makes the red powder which is escaping me right now um bear fitness b-a-r-e fitness and this is their they have a green powder and a red powder i enjoy that but sometimes i'm drinking my extend amino acids and recently i've been very into the redcon one supplement line sponsor us please <laughs> Please, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's, it's it's all what it is. It's been a rough couple of weeks uh, this month, health wise, because we've been visited by guests and vacations and such. So it's time to get back on the wagon. I'm gonna turn this wagon. Afternoon. Just demonstrating. We also got the embroidered Rob School Music hat. Oh, look at that! That's I was gonna nice. ask you what that is. Right on. All right, so very cool. Now that we're all together, we're gonna talk about an album. Wait, album we're not just talking about what's in our glasses. Then we finish that. Oh, so we're gonna talk about this one. Ooh, load and I don't have that one. We don't have oh, no. reload on the uh, the vinyl. I think you should have been happy. I just had this because this is like a first press load. <laughs> is first it really pressing. first yeah. press load? Huh? First press load. <laughs> yeah, 1996. Wow. Who is who is their label around that time? Was it still? It was, it was Electra. Electra. It was Electra. Yep. It was Electra. Yep. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that's wild. I can't believe. Yeah, I the only that. thing they severed at that time was Jason. So, too oh, soon. So, what we're going to do today, kids, enjoying our time together. I'm just looking at these photographs of them, and I can I can see again how that may have been off-putting. You know what they presented themselves with, but we'll get there. We decided yeah. that being that Load and Reload were intended to be a double album initially, mm -hmm. um, you know, similar to Use Your Illusion and most double albums, honestly, in my opinion, you can cut out some fat and make a really, really, really um, good, you know, version of, of what that artistic statement was. I mean, I, I have a hard time thinking of any double album that didn't have a little bit of fat on it. So I'm thinking... I uh the wall well, i'm thinking mel melancholy i think these are unique i think i wouldn't i personally wouldn't approach um physical graffiti i wouldn't approach um yeah. melancholy this way i think the only reason why we've done that with user illusion me personally why i i i agree with doing it this way is because they are two separate albums they were intended to be double albums but given maybe the industry given the opinions of certain people and with the too many hands in the pot maybe maybe that's why they weren't released as a double album i think that's why well, I was cool with doing this way, but if they were, if you're like, hey, let's do, phys you know, let's do a double album, like, man, yeah, no, we can't, we can't cut this. Oh out. yeah, I guess because Use Your Illusion wasn't a double album either. Yeah, okay, so this is. Similar I mean, you can argue me. the same thing, like Kill Bill, Find One and Two. It's one movie. You can argue that Use Your Illusion One and Two are one album, just the way. No, no, you're right. I miss are one album, but because they were released separately and within a substantial amount of time apart from each other, I don't know. I don't we're mind doing a bit, a best of kind of situation. Were Use Your Illusion One and Two released simultaneously? Yeah, same yeah. day. They were okay. I think that I don't know if it was Lars or Kirk. It was one of them that said that like they didn't want to release because I mean if you think about it, both of these um load clocks in at seventy eight point fifty nine, so seventy eight minutes fifty nine seconds. So it's just one minute, one second under eighty minutes, which is is pushing the limit for CDs at its time. The other uh, reload is seventy six minutes and two seconds. I mean, to release, he's right, I think. If you release those as a double album, it's so much content, uh, maybe not track-wise, but, like, time-wise, there Volume. may have been so much, yeah, it would just would have fallen to the wayside. And, like, I don't think that people may have appreciated, and this still was a very, you know, divisive kind of album, but albums, I think he's right, though. I think if they were released as one compendium, it probably would have, a lot would have fallen to the wayside. It may have not gotten some of the airplay it deserved for some of those tracks. I, I like it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. So how do you want to, um, I was gonna, and I ran out of time today, make each of us sort of a bingo board with all of the out tracks. And just <laughs> oh, right on. we had the same, yeah. that's, that's like a fun, fun individual thing. Yeah. I don't know if that would translate <laughs> on fun. the around the country virtual medium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> around the country virtual medium. I like that. <laughs> you, you don't count. It's only us. So maybe, um, I don't know, like, each of us say a song, and then if someone else has that song, we can all chime in and then just kind of pick it around, around, around the round robin. Yeah. So okay. I mean, basically, we're just looking for that well balanced singular piece of work that we think, you know, with these two back to back albums. Um, I stole this graphic from the internet, but I thought it was well put together. The, uh, well, here it is really well. Yeah. There's a lot of things I learned about this album. I thought the, the most, you know, divisive thing about this was was the fans reaction i didn't realize like how much like james and them butted heads over like the artwork and the photographs and certain other aesthetic values of this i didn't realize like how much internal bickering there was about some of that stuff. well you know they they, they made such a big deal about them cutting their hair and i think had they cut that but had they cut the hair and still dressed 
at least in the because if you saw them live, you know, maybe Kirk had the pimp shirt on, but it wasn't like James still dressed like James. You know, Jason still looked like Jason, like when they were touring and stuff, it still looked like the same band. It's just in all the press photos and stuff, it was such a different visual. But the haircutting, Jason cut his hair like before the end of the black album. Tour, yeah, yeah. In the black tour at the at, when they played Woodstock. Look at the hair. There's dreadlocks on Hammett. Uh, Hatfield has the weird mullet looking thing. Jason has a, yeah. the buzz cut. So it's like the hair is so silly. I don't know. Something, something I can mention about James with the, the mullet. Mullet? That was, that was due to the burn, right? I thought like, so. So there's silly. a lot that I have in my notes and my feelings on this album based on that accident that I think that changed him a lot. Uh, not just visually, you know, like he lost his hair because it was burned off of his head, but um, his, uh, his lungs were vacuumed if I recall correctly. Oh wow. And that I believe is what caused him to have to like take such a drastic turn with his voice. Um, stylistically and like how he approached everything but there are still some like shades of older hetfield in there but you oh, really yeah. have to dig for him it's it's really hard to find them because they're it's so drastically different but to be honest like load reload uh because we're encompassing load reload the um the symphony album that first snm and then i disappear i feel like that's the load reload and you could garaging but that doesn't count but i think this vocal statement from him and then if you listen to him in saint anger and listen to him in um death magnetic i don't think he comes back to his true form no. some sort of black album mixed with load reload hybrid even hardwired it's a different voice but at least that which is some 20 years removed from this is closer to this voice like he went on quite a vocal journey and and i i'd imagine that was a factor i didn't even think of that yeah that's i've i've dwelled on that for a long time and uh, i think that's definitely a part of it's less growly. Like it's less, it's less, this whole album is less taxing on the vocal cords and on your lungs and on your respiratory system. So it kind of made sense, but uh, I don't really love it. But while breaking this down, do you want to just each randomly pick something or you want to go our load songs and our reload songs? Did you guys go as far to make a track like a specific order? I did not do that. I, uh, I made an order, but I think I'd be, I, ooh. yeah, I made an order. Okay, no, that's fine. I just did it in order of how they appeared. So I think most of my first tracks are going to be from Load, and then it goes into Reload. So I didn't do a um, like any sort of. I didn't put it in some sort of conceptual way or anything like that. Yeah. To me. Of course, James did. James is telling a story. Yeah. So it's cool. <laughs> well, I was uh, trying to make an album. <laughs> so we we I... talked about doing uh thirteen tracks. I have six, so I I went with an EP. You have six total. Six total. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. not the rules, Brian. Yeah, I know. That was a, that was a stretch to get those six on there. So, yeah. I know. So, I'm sorry, dude. Rob, Rob and I will go twice. Brian will go once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about, hey, it's fine. I, I approach it. Like, to me, it was the, the project was to find a well-balanced album. And I think that, again, it's. I think a lot of people got decisive about this, but the, um, the look of the appearance of the band, it wasn't. For me, it was musically... To me, this is like a, it had more of a, a garage band, bass and band feels. So like, I know they released garage band, but like to me, this is them, a really well knit, put together jam session of like trying new flavors. I mean, they go, they span Southern rock, blues rock, country rock, um, 
you have a little bit of that thrash in there, some of the some of the, the heavy metal. To me, it's just it's them screwing around, and just putting together a really fantastic product. But you know, it's kind of like to me, it's like Garage Band, uh, the Garage Days. It just I don't know. It just it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't mean I, I hate it. I just couldn't I couldn't find thirteen tracks. That I'd be like, yes, this makes the perfect album that I would listen to. I feel again. like though, if you were like, so I came into Metallica through James and mm-hmm. watching a year and a half of life of Metallica so yeah. often that I felt like I knew these guys, like they're my friends. I still feel that way, which is I just, do too. <laughs> in that yeah. point in my life, it just became yeah. so important. My first Metallic album I owned, purchased was Ride the Lightning. And then yeah. I got the Black album because yeah. Belt Holes was the first song I learned. Um, but to me, I feel like if you were a diehard like you, Brian, from the thrash beginning onward, wouldn't the Black album have, have been much a greater? So from justice to the black album i feel like is a much bigger departure than from black album to load no because if you look at the trajectory of most bands whatever genre they start of so if we're just looking at the thrash and or if you're looking at some of like the heavy hitters of like whatever the genre is there is going to be progression whether it's progressive rock whether it's thrash whether it's heavy metal black metal like there is a progression from the, the inception to where they currently are and there's going to be growth sometimes not some people are just stagnant and they continue to reproduce the same sound and it's you know that you get what you get I think that you see I, you see the progression throughout all Metallica albums, and there is going from heavy like thrash Motorhead style blast beats and and you know riffs to more operatic but still thrashy and heavy as hell. Um, but you have some more grooves. So I don't think that the Black album was out of trajectory by any means. And not to say this is either. I don't think it is. I think this is them experimenting new sounds and really, if anything. To me, this really showcases like some really amazing talent on their part. Like they, they really lyrically, they're doing different things here. Sonically, they're doing things different here. Even, even, even Lars has stripped down his his style of uh, how he sets up his case. And I mean, not his style of playing so much as, but I guess in part that happens too. You know, so yeah, I don't think the black album to me is that yes, it's definitely a departure from thrash, but not so much. You, we've talked about in the last episode, like how there are elements of those thrashier things, but it's still heavy as hell. This is not heavy as hell. There are elements that are still heavy as hell, but there's, I mean, there's a country song in there for Christ's sakes, you know, it's, it's just different. That's all. What, what gets me and we, we've dabbled in this before this conversation is that I feel like the black album is, I think it's the best all arounder. I think right behind the Black Album and Justice for All is like a second best kind of all-rounder for Metallica. That's just me personally. But I think you you touched on something there that I have overwhelmingly in my notes for this episode that I think... <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> Tom, 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 why don't, why don't you go do something? <laughs> Whoa. Like in here. <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say, careful. What I was going to say was, um, I think in terms of like the sonically, load and reload sound so drastically different than everything before them, and because I'm a guitar player, I hear the guitar sounds more than anything, yeah. and Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, and Justice for All, really, really aggressive and like rotten kind of guitar sound really like a thrash metal guitar sound black album is like the refinement of that guitar sound to be expressed in like a really great and huge way the guitars are gigantic and in load and reload they sound like you know like a one by eight practice amp and they're unengaging and 
as a guitar player and musician listening to something that I was so excited for coming off of the black album, the sonically, it doesn't engage me. It doesn't sound exciting. That's interesting. Cause I tried to listen to this, my list of songs through that scope because we had discussed that and mm -hmm. I don't hear it that way. I hear diversity in tones, certainly more diversity. Cause if you listen to like those, the thrashier albums, it's that like scooped in your face, cheese yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And then I feel like, I mean, I'll, I'll reference tones in certain songs. I feel like there's diversity in that, but let's get into some songs. Let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Take so, them apart. All right. Yeah. So Brian, since you have the least, why don't you tell us one of your first. <laughs> oh man. So I like the, uh, the house that Jack built the uh, clocks in it, like six and a half minutes. Um, it has a slow build similar to, some of their older stuff, like For Whom the Bell Tolls, like we referenced earlier, and Enter the Sandman. So there is that DNA from their past. Again, so you see that trajectory. This was not, I don't think when people are like, that's just so out of left field, it's not. Um, there's a nice swagger to that song. It slithers yeah. on with the occasional unexpected bite, uh, whether it's the drum fills, and it kind of somewhat new, newer drum fills coming from Lars, and that could be because of the stripped down kit, could just be him experimenting with different sounds. You have a talk box, you have vocal effects on there so there, there's a lot going on in this song sonically so i think that from an old school fan of them hearing that you're like dang this is jarring and i think that's why i chose it is because it is jarring dang. it really does yeah man i want trying to wash my mouth um it, but it really captures how tightly knit they are as a band you know um i don't know it's i, I wasn't a huge fan like i said of the of these albums but um and Lars is not my, my my top 20 favorite drummer, but like this stripped down playing of his is I really dig it in this album. I think that it's it's, it's really cool. And I think this this particular song really showcases some pretty cool um chops on all their parts. <clears throat> is that so, on your list, James? It is. Wow. And I I agree with everything you said there too. Like uh that's all things that I, you basically recited my notes for me. So thanks for that. I appreciate you. Um I feel that this that song while being very different is a great song and the production value on that yes. song i think is incredibly incredibly high like the vocal effects like you were saying like whenever he says open my eyes yeah like how it's got that big reverb and big delay yeah. it's really lush it's the song has an unsettling and eerie vibe to it even though i think lyrically these are two of metallica's weakest albums I think that one has a really, really great feel, great vibe, and I can listen to it as a piece and just enjoy it for what it is. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I really agree with you. Yeah. Did, did just, you have that too, Robert? I did not have that song, but I'll tell you, um, the first three, that's one of the first three songs on the album, right? Yes. Yeah. So I had two by four. But oh, it's a good one. That almost made me listen. Two by four, and those two songs were like, I had a lot of, you know, alternates. Mm -hmm. And those two kind of filled the same place. Yes. Me, like uh, very often when I was younger, I would take my CD player, my boom box into the shower and I'd yeah, bring yeah. a CD <laughs> and just play it as I got ready for school. And it would be ain't my bitch through uh, a two by four house that Jack built Th that would encompass me getting ready in the morning. So those three songs had a very strong nostalgic um, reference in my life, gotcha. but to, to fit the 13 song uh, criteria, I, I chose um, two by four instead of that song just because I like the riff. It's kind of enter Sandman just backwards. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Literally the same thing just backwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said there. No argument. It's a good Which, song. 
two by four was one of the first songs. it's not a single but it was one of the first songs that fans when they did that early access thing where like certain select fans could come and they were doing like a rehearsal for, before they went on to um start they were playing tour. that live yeah, in Europe. So that, they were recording yeah. it while recording the albums that's one of the ones you can find live performances yeah. of with black album tones which right. is cool yeah 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 so um yep. who wants to go next all right, so we have two of you guys had House That Jack Built. I had two by four. So, Brian, you're up again. I'm up again. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. So I did uh, Until It Sleeps. I like that one. I don't know. I, I think because, like, they say, like, how, like, they were experimenting and with the different sounds. And you really do hear their alternative rock influences. I hear Nirvana. I hear Soundgarden fell on Black Days here to this. Um, yes. Lyrically, this is a heavy hitter. I mean, like you said, a lot was going on in their life at the time between the fire. One of the, one of the other things that was going on was, like, James was – the loss of his mother to cancer as well as his father you know and both of them being um devout <laughs> scientists and they didn't believe in medicine so he was having to deal with the fact of losing both these these people in his life and at the same time not understanding why they couldn't just change you know their way so it's, it's a heavy song lyrically um i just i liked it i think it you know it resonated with the times uh, of what was going on with grunge and alternative rock at the time and i thought that was interesting they still made it their own so it didn't sound like hey i'm jumping on the bandwagon of grunge or alternative rock although some people may argue that i don't i think that lyrically it stands on its own um there's a lot a lot of heart to that song a lot of heart and i, I really respect that i think james is, is not talked enough about as a, as a lyricist and i think that he really does some different things here we're used to his social political stance on things which is which is just a reckoning force, right? Um, this is something different. This is he really is bearing his his heart and soul here, and it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a heavy one. I like it. Did you have it, Rob? I did not, but I believe you did. I did. Yeah. Whoa, this dude! Is so bizarre. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like I'm I'm amazed. More, he only has like, four more tries to to be the same as you. So <laughs> I'm I'm staggered because these are like I guess until it sleeps is something that I was kind of on the fence whether or not you'd have, Rob. But I would have sworn you had House of Jack built, but that you had two by four makes perfect sense in its place. They were the same exact choice for me. It's just yeah. that the riff did it for me. Well, what I say? Enter the Sandman, you know, vibe to it. And you said the same thing. So yeah. it's like, you know. Now, but, uh, go on. You explain you, then I'll tell you why I didn't have that song. I, I just think Until It Sleeps actually, like, when it first came out, because that was the first, that was the first single. Yeah. From Load. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I remember being overwhelmingly unimpressed with it. And on re listens later on, I just grew to enjoy it for other reasons. That's so funny. Um, me too. I did not like it too, especially how much airplay got. It made me not yeah. like it anymore. But years later, I, I love it. I found it very classy and, and very inspired the more I listened to it. I, I, I love the music side of it. Like, I, I like it so much more than I, I have any reason to. Um, and in terms of like all the stuff that I said before about James's voice and the things that, you know, like how it changed and the choices that he made on these two albums, uh, I have no problems with them in the context of this song. I think, yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. So I, I didn't have that song because it being the single on this album, even though I like these albums at the time coming off of so much black album being big in my life, it was too different. And it turned me off. Mm -hmm. But I struggled with it. And again, I picked something else in its place because, you know, summer 96 was an incredibly pivotal summer in my life. I'm 13 years old. It was my last summer in the house I had grown up in before we moved to Airmont, um, hanging out with you guys constantly. Like there was so much music. Like I literally just put um, uh, some like uh, <clears throat> hits from 1996, summer 96 playlist on my phone that I found on Apple. And it's like, even like the Macarena, like there was just so much happening 
<laughs> and I remember on MTV that video was in heavy rotation. So it was, I hear that song, I go right back to that summer. So yeah. it, there's the nostalgia component. It just, again, during, you know, I, I tried to be really responsible with picking things. So instead of picking that song, um, I chose King Nothing mm. because I felt King Nothing was more akin to the heavier Metallica that I wanted them to be. I get that. You know, if I had to pick a, a seventh track, it would be King Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, also kind of the Ender Sandman riff when you break it down, but okay. Um, I think those are both Kirk riffs too. Yeah. Ender Sandman was a Kirk riff and uh, King Nothing was a Kirk riff, I believe. But the music video for King Nothing, I thought was cool. It just, it just felt darker um just like the interplay of the guitars nothing lyrical just just the hook just a lot of these songs to me it's not and I, it's a point i don't want to steal james's points so i'll make, let him make it later if you haven't made it yet but a lot of these songs i'm not processing from the scope of a metallica fan if that makes any sense no oh, absolutely I'm just hearing it as th that song was catchy and i liked it yeah so that's my second but as a metallica fan how do you process this album um, in hindsight, it's all the same thing to me. Like, I think I've grown, like, for example, you know, 10 and verses are extraordinarily different than no code and binaural, but they're all Pearl Jam albums to me. So like in the concept of seeing oh, yeah. them through a live band, they just jump from song to song to song and it all works because it's the same sure. person just cooking the different dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's the same as the, uh, the Van Halen greatest hits album for you, Rob. Because where you where you were first like where you were introduced, you were in the middle of that transition for the band. Exactly. So you you can go either way, and you're totally good with it. Right. Yeah. I had no um, predisposition. I wasn't sentimental about. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, and that's a good point. And I don't mean this. If this comes across as any other way, please don't take it that way. I think because your your inception into the band starts with the Black Album. Hundred percent. There, there's a there's a little bit more leeway. It's not. I'm not trying to be jagged. I just my my and my my entry into into metallica believe it or not is the black album as well um i had had a friend that was going to in high school um copy a cd for me burn a cd for me and he actually burned the black album and i was like this is not what i asked for but this is this is awesome and that's how i got into metallica and then i went to the record store to go go buy it because i wanted to just have my own cd because i want the booklet and everything and i saw that they had a whole bigger catalog and i was like holy shit and just you know as a young kid like you judge a book by its cover, whether it's the album art. I had seen the Kill 'Em All covers. I bought both albums, and I was like, "Let's do this." Um, so I just like to start like a like a book. I like to read from the beginning, yeah. the introduction, you know, the preface, all the way to the end. And I was like, "Damn!" So, but I think you said that earlier, Jane. I think Black Album is a great entry point for any fan. I think he's from that point. You could you can go forward and look at all the stuff they've created since Black Album, or you can go backward and see where they started and they're iconic in the history of, of heavy metal. I think it's a great it's a great entry point for the band, and you said you said that beautifully earlier. So, in Absolutely. saying your your story there, Brian, where you went for the black album, but got kill them all to go to the beginning, I just immediately had a hot take that hot take. Uh, it could be <laughs> controversial, so get ready, get the buzzers oh, now. No, if you were to look at Metallica from Kill 'Em All through Reload, Load and Reload are not my least favorite albums in that arc. They are for me. I understand that, yeah. but for that's me, a good thing to think about. I had never. I'm talking start to finish. I can listen to how many songs before I'm like pressing skip. And there's one album that tonally, um, production wise, I'm less forgiving of than the others. Which is... And um, I, I would skip some of it. And it has some. It has my favorite Metallica guitar solo on it. Honestly, Red Lightning. 
That's right. Lightning. lightning. That's right. The yeah, lightning. me too. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. It's got some great stuff on there, but yeah, it is. It could be cringeworthy at times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that way about kill them all too. Oh, really? See, but I mean, I'm forgiving of I, that because it's like, it's like, uh, in, it's their beginning. It's their yeah. origin story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. But for me, like, it, like it really like gets up on its feet and, and goes for it uh, at master puppets. Well, like yeah. I, th- I think that's the refinement of those first two efforts in its purest form. Like and Master that, Puppets is a great, great thing, and it becomes so curious what would have happened, you know, if Cliff was still around. Would they yeah. even be a band? I mean, things could have changed. But it's weird. Like I can be forgiving of Kill 'Em All, just like what's the first, uh, first Motley Crue album? Is that a Too Fast for Love? Well, that's a song on it. I don't know what the album's called. I can't remember right now. It's not Girls, Girls, Girls. No, it has Livewire and uh, Damn it. But like that's unlistenable. Like, yeah, yeah. Car tones are just MIDI garbage. Like not M I D I, like M I D D Y. On that same note, that you said you you wonder what would have been if Cliff hadn't passed. My favorite Metallica song is on Injustice for All. I know, I know. It's just it, you just that's just life. Like life is a series and, of twists and turns, and and we only know what we know. And it's everyone is like, oh, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. But Justice is a solid album. So it's solid. Like, it's it's not even that it's solid, but I, I, it, it deserves is. more attention, but I would argue with anybody to tell me that Blackened isn't the best Metallica song in the catalog. I no, I'm, I'm telling you, that's that's the only answer. And and then the second an, choice would obviously be Battery, but it's well, oh, I'm sorry, say it again. What was the, what was the best? Blackened. Yeah, and that's a Jason Newstead song. Jason Newstead played that riff for James Hetfield in his apartment before he was ever in the band. Why do they? So why do they? I, that's I one thing that I always didn't like about the band. Why do they always crap on Jason so much? I mean, he he had a lot of great just, input for that band. So so many of of the of my favorite songs, like of like my favorite Metallica experiments, would be were Jason's. My friend of misery, yeah. blackened devil. I think Devil's Dance is a Jason Newstead song too, and that's. It's yeah, see, when you say those things, it, may, it those are big shoes to fill when when someone like Cliff Burton exits the band untimely in an untimely manner. Yeah. Um, and then how do you how do you fill? You have to come in in your own your own speed, your own pace, your own your own footprint. And I think that he did that. I think I don't know how many other people could have done that. And I think that Robert's done a really good job too. But I, I think when you think when you just list out some of these things you list since then. Not to discredit what Robert's done. I mean, that, those are, those are pretty monumental things when you comparison to what Cliff had done as well, and the band has done as well. So that's why I think that anybody that craps on on Jason has got to be just jumping on some and sort it's of so bandwagon. Weird. Like 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 Robert's been in the band longer than Jason and longer than Cliff. Has it really? It, it, yeah. Hot, oh, yeah, Robert's yeah. been in the band longer than Jason, which is crazy. And that was like that, a that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I would venture to say that Robert is coming up on almost being in the band as long as those two combined. You're probably very right. He came in the band what two thousand one ish three whenever two thousand three. That can't be no twenty no, years. I mean, no, years, no, right? So no, like, I, no. But when I think of Metallica, it's James, Kirk, Jason, Lars. That's what I think of. Yeah, me too. So weird. All right, more songs, more songs. Sorry, sorry, more, sorry. Yeah, more music, more music. Right, so uh, well, I'm gonna throw one out. Huh? Yeah, do it. Do it. So, so what do we have so far? I King nothing two by four, and you guys had the same things. Has the Jack built in until it sleeps. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give another load song. I have Ain't My Bitch. I have Ain't My Bitch. 
I do not have that. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a, I mean, it just, as an opening track. And again, my trifecta of bathing myself in the morning when I used to shower before school, which is wake up an hour earlier to shower to do the spiky hair. Um, man, like that's just. Sun that, in. Hey, where'd it go? I don't know. So I just thought it was such a cool song. And then he's saying bitch and that's a curse word. And it was. Just, <laughs> no. yeah. So. It's a rocker. It is. What, this song is, is good for me to kind of segue a point that I have about this whole thing that when Bob Rock commit like a bid for the Black Album produ- production, he said, you guys haven't captured what you do live. And that was what his goal with the Black Album was. And I feel like that vanished in the load and reload sessions because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, I, I, think, I think all of the tones and I think sonically everything is very loose and it doesn't it just doesn't have the same impact, mm-hmm. but I watched the live performances of ain't my bitch ridiculously good live song really? because like, it's got like, there's just stuff in it. That's not on the album. So like, you know, you hear a song on an album sometimes and it doesn't do anything for you. Then you hear it live and you're like, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. That's ain't my bitch to a take because wow. like Jason's screaming, Hey, into the mics. He's getting like the crowd riled up at the same time. James is like running around like a madman. It's a great, great live song. Terrible album song. I think. But a great live song, and it gets passed for that. Cool. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Uh, so I don't want Brian to run out because he only has four. Okay, uh, uh, I can have commentary. Don't don't try to because of my choices. Just like James has choices of like doing like a concept. I mean, we don't. Oh, dude, I'm not giving you a hard time. I just yeah. I want I'm excited to see your last four. It makes each pick so much more special because there was only six that you like. So I'm like. It's I'm, not, saving, it's, to I'm me, saving it's, the perfect bite, you know, like when again, you're something and there's like the eggplant and then the cheese and it's just the perfect yeah. balance. I to really me, want this is like, I, Yeah, I know. So I do too. I you know it's just, to, yeah, to me, that was just a balanced album. It's not all, you don't know, there's, there's, I like a, my bitches on it. It just wasn't something it's okay. that I would put on over and over again. You know, that's just me. But you said like, I'm interested to see hear that live version that James talking me about. Too. Maybe it's from, maybe it's I would have put that on stones. there. Oh, uh, listen, listen to the live version right. of Cutting Stunts, like with the whole lead up to it that James does to get the crowd riled up, and then J- Jason yelling into the mics. Drew awesome. stole that. Drew stole my Cutting Stunts uh, VHS tape. You never, never gonna back. Get back. True. <laughs> so I'll throw one out there if you want, um, yeah. so that Brian doesn't run out. Does anybody yeah. have Slither? Yes. No. I love that song. I love that song. There, I think vocally, the whole thing, the way that it leads up, don't go looking for snakes, you might find them, I think is kind of corny. But it works in in some regard in my brain, it made perfect sense. Like, this is so corny and so stupid, but like, I had put this like narrative together in my head about it. Like, what's like the Metallica emblem from the early years? It was that like coiled up snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah the black album tour, like the snake pit tour and all that yeah. shit. So like, don't go looking for snakes. You might find them. Like maybe like there's some subtext there. Like you wanted us and this is what you got. Don't go necessarily looking for snakes. You might find them. Yeah. Dude, that, that was a sleeper for me. Cause I recently just rediscovered reload earlier this year. And I, I listened to that song weekly almost like if really my stuff. I just, I did just something about the, the way the chorus sings over itself at the end and the call and response kind of thing. And there's like a, a round happening, like row, row your boat kind of whatever. Yeah. yeah, Dude. I just think that's a, it's, a, but maybe it's not a great Metallica <laughs> song, but it's a great song. I like it's, that. It, it, is, it is a good song. I, no arguments. Nice. I didn't expect that. No, no I didn't I, expect that anybody would ever put those two things together. Row, row your boat and Metallica, but it happened here. here too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, do we do we want to do one more each for us, Rob? Because Brian doesn't have that many left. Yeah, not shitting on anything. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, this uh, I'm trying to keep them separate. So I got a load song. Uh, I got bleeding me. I got bleeding me too. How do you yeah. not have bleeding me? I get. Brian, tell me you got bleeding me. I don't have bleeding me. <laughs> Son wow. of a, what the hell? I, I mean, slow phaser on the guitar and then uh, the that's so, so pretty. I, this is. The way the doors, certain albums like were hard for Rob. This album's hard for me to listen to, but that's like that's okay. that's just me, you know. I, I you tried, know I re- and I did this during things I really like doing, so I didn't do it during like things I'm like doing chores. Like I chose times, to, very specific times to listen to this to make sure that like I it had my attention. I was doing things I love, so it was a good soundtrack to what I was doing. I it just wasn't, you know. Yeah, Yankee Jeremy fan. knows. There's some gems. It's what it is. I'm excited for yeah. you to listen to our lists through our scope and i think you might find something a little bit more enjoyable in yeah it. i'm I'm excited so what i want you guys to do is to throw it on that record talk um link i'm not going to do it for you so I have if a, you want me to I'll, listen to it i will i will dedicate the time when i'm working in the garage to listen to it but you got to put it on there because right I'll now the only thing on there is my <laughs> so i thought that this that bleeding me is a really good example of clean and quiet metallica mm-hmm. that like they don't oh, it's yeah. not overly loud yeah. like it it doesn't ever it doesn't get as aggressive as Unforgiven, I don't think, which says a lot. Like it's mm. a very, very mellow song throughout. Because even the heavy um, is mellow. Yeah, exactly. Um I think that that riff, that whole song, if it were recorded during the Master of Puppet sessions, would have been a completely different animal and would have been way more acceptable. Um because that album had a lot of like those eerie kind of things, like um thing that should not be. Mm-hmm. sanitarium they both had that clean eeriness going on with them and i feel like in those sessions it would have been perfectly at home um Great perspective uh, and uh <laughs> the other another note i had here throughout all of these albums did anybody notice any book ending like i did because like it i was going to ask earlier if anybody had any uh notion that these might have been like closet concept albums because book ending really happens a lot in the concept format Typically mm-hmm. for bands, I notice like it happens a lot in the wall. It happens a lot in fragile, uh, downward spiral, things right. like that. But at the tail end of the guitar solo, bookends king nothing. Really? And if you go through and you listen to load and like really give it your attention for like little idiosyncrasies throughout a lot of these songs, a lot of them connect. And I <laughs> noticed that a little bit initially years ago, but I noticed it so much more now. That's why it'd be interesting to listen to it as a full solid double album rather than yeah. two separate releases. Yeah. There is whether it was intentional or just a, a nice happy accident, or maybe more the, the 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 likelihood there. It's still really cool. Brian, do you have any more load songs you want to reload? I do. Uh, wait. Nope. Uh, you know I do have one more load song. I do. Yeah. James, do you have any more load songs? I I do. Okay, I have one more as well, so maybe it's all the same. Very doubtful. And, uh, Brian, go for it. Poor Twisted Me. Oh, that's a good one. So the reason why I like that is it has this really nice tip of the hat to Van Halen. The intro with the guitar, I think that's why I really enjoy the song, is it has like a more Van Halen vibe to it. It's got a swing to it, but this really hard punch-in-the-face swing to it that it brings forth. Um, I also like the way, again, his voice is made to sound as if though he is trapped within himself. And he's stifled within his own self. And I think that really works well with the lyrics. I love when a vocalist not only is putting out lyrics that are just phenomenal and just really touch you, but what do you do with your voice aside from you singing it, whether, whether you come at it like like, a, like an artist? Like, what else do you do with it aside from the way you sing? And I think that the way 
they use the effect to make it sound like it's stifled and held back really compliments the content and lyrics. And I just, I love that. It really resonated with me. So, and, and, you know, coming off of Van Halen, I, I thought it was a, a really cool, whether it was intentional or not, you hear Van Halen influence in there. Interesting. I'll have to go back and listen to that now. Yeah. Like that, spoiler alert, that's not on my list. No. But yeah. nor, nor am I, but that's a good yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What's your load one, James? Thorn Within. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have a different one here. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was I, I thought it was fun. Um, I, I it's I love the the hook back into the verse and the hook back into the chorus is it, really cool. Like it's a that down 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 down. I thought it was a really fun riff and uh, kind of on the darker side. So it made me feel like Metallica of old, but mm. a little bit, but. That's that's kind of where I was at with it. It lyrically didn't do much for me, but I thought as a as a piece and like as a hook, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I had was wasting yours? my hate. Wasting what? my hate. Wasting oh, my hate, my hate. Oh. because me. It's catchy. It's a pop song. Really, it's so upbeat. It's it's almost like it's it's upbeat. It's not thrashy by any means, but it's no. just it's it's just again the hook. It's not a Metallica song, but just as a catchy rock song, an alternative rock song, I like it. Yeah, no yeah. arguments there. Right on, right on. Interesting. All right, we're on to the reload error. Reload. Brian, how, how many do you have left, Brian? Three. Three. You have three. All right. Rob, you yeah. want to do two? Um, sure. Or do you want to just do one more? I'll I'll throw one more and. Oh, I'll I'll say one. Or you go for it. You're up, I think. Boo. Oh, uh, I have uh, Devil's Dance. Me too. Uh, I don't know yeah. you don't really have that. I feel like that's the reload version of Sad But True. I have that too. Um, and, uh, First time that happened. There we go. <laughs> All, <together>. All right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I said earlier about Damn, Daniel's voice, um, coming out of the guitar solo, which a guitar solo on Devil's Dance is fire. Yeah. So with the, the pitch shifter and like all the times that it comes back in with the pitch shifter throughout, friggin' amazing. Um, but Hetfield, when he comes back in, yeah, I feel you too. That's like a, a vintage Hetfield growl, mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. belongs to the Black Album. And uh, yep. I love it. Punchy headbanger, bro. It's a it's, punchy headbanger. It's it's funny because the ha ha come dance like that just had me like. Eh. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then like little moments like that are so sick that I was like, how, how do you not pick that song? And it's the the bass in the beginning is really really creepy and just it, yep. it, it's a great riff. It's a great song. And that was one also that on that escape from the studio tour in 95, oh, yeah. when they were playing two by four live and house to Jack built live, they were playing yeah. devil's dance, but devil's dance didn't come out until 97. So much later. Yeah. So it's like, and it's not it's, that different structurally. I think it's kind of the same song. Yeah. But it's, it's very evident. Like they, they weren't bullshitting us, you know, like that was all one writing there session that it. just got divvied up into. Two That's things. interesting. Look at that, James. <laughs> In Devil's Dance, he says, "Snake, I am the snake." Yeah, but there's hey, you might be onto something there with the uh, slither thing. I'm serious. I, uh, who knows? It it made sense to me, and you know, like because that was a reload song, and there was backlash after load. So, like maybe there was maybe there was some subtext there. I, I in my own mind, I'll say that I'm right, but who knows? I don't disagree. I think Brian quit, but <laughs> Brian's done with record talk. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. but 
um, something that I guess I could say without Brian, Brian being here, um, because it's us and because a year and a half in the life of Metallica. Oh, Brian's back. That's a great well, shirt, man. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We, we thought you quit record talk because of these stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, she no, I get in touch with my uh, my middle child. I was like, I need your help. I was like, <laughs> mother love bone shirt. Oh nice. yeah, dude. Yes. So something I was gonna say, just you know, just until you got back, um, in the year and a half in the life of Metallica video, when Kirk is recording the Unforgiven solo, Bob Rock says to him, "Let's see the guitar player of the year solo," hmm. and I believe he got guitar player of the year for that solo. If oh, I'm did he? not mistaken, like okay, I think it was in Guitar World. What is your favorite Metallica guitar solo? I have two. Me? Mm -hmm. Uh, thing that should not be. Really? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, wait. Oh crap! I got. It. Can I pick two? You have yeah, two. I have two. Thing that should not be in My Friend in Misery. Ooh. The the intro to My Friend in Misery, where he's just like on that double stop and going nuts with the bar and with the wah and all that delay and all that distortion. Oof. Oof. It's it's like I would challenge anybody who's listening to this to listen to the opening of the My Friend of Misery solo and just not like get chills. It's freaking ridiculous. Sorry. Nice, nice. Rob, what are yours? <laughs> uh fade to black and uh wherever I may roam. Ooh, and I believe wherever I may roam, Kirk said is one of his favorite solos he ever did. So he did. Did you in the that show that where they where they go back into the studio tapes. Have you heard all of the soloing that he did at the end of it? That is that gets lost in the fade out. At one point, I did. I think I rented it for Netflix back when they actually would send you a, a CD. A DVD. It's, on, it's on Prime now. You can watch oh, it there. Well then. But uh, oh, ho, ho. yeah, it's it, there's like two minutes after the song is over of Kirk just going apeshit. Awesome. It's great. Oh, that's cool. All right, so Brian, you got two left. I do, yeah. See, to me, with Devil's Dance, I also hear a little bit of uh, riding the coattails of uh, Sad But True. That I yeah. hear a little bit yeah, of that. Yeah, 100%. Oh, did you guys say that? The, yeah, it's the reload and version of Sad yeah, But True. 100%. Oh, okay. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Yeah, I got two more left, man. Two more. Two, All right. Two, so, uh, two, two, who's two, the Devil's Dance? Use the Devil's Dance or I said Devil's Dance? Who's I said the... Devil's Dance. All right. So then I'll, I'll shoot one out here. Um, I got a lot of reload songs. I mean, and it's, it's, it's definitely, again, even more so than my load picks. I like these songs, but probably not as Metallica songs. Um, yeah. Bad Seed. I have Bad Seed. I do not. I uh, I love the cough at the beginning. And like the way that the, <laughs> yeah. and the, and the cough at the end, like with the delays, I think it's very, very funny. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a great song. It's no Sweet Leaf, but it's a nice, uh, it's a nice cough. <laughs> Catchy. Um, yeah. I mean, there's nothing deep about it there's nothing that i can be like oh my gosh i love that but again tonally you know there's different things happening between if you listen just if you go listen to the guitar tones and devil dance bad seed and slither i think are the ones we've discussed on this album so far like those are different sounds than what you would hear you know previously yeah but um, bad seed has a, a really uh, you guys always say something has a great swagger i think that this song has a great swagger to it i agree um i think it's a it's a really really fun riff Yep, I think that's what that goes a long way for me. <laughs> yeah, really. It does. I'm, I'm cutting you off before you negate it in the next breath. <laughs> <laughs> the heretic has arrived. <laughs> I mean, that's a really catchy riff if you like shitty riffs. <laughs> oh my 
what a backhanded compliment. <laughs> it's a great riff. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. So what do you got? I got one, two, three, four, five left, I think. I have five left as well. Somehow we've made this work. This is working out perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, two. All right. Uh, Brian, you want us to each pick one or you want to throw? Yeah, one? you guys pick one. Go ahead. All right. James, you're up. I'll sprinkle uh, mine next time. I got better than you. Good choice. I uh, I didn't really write any notes down for it. It was just a, again, like it was just a, a fun romp of a song. Like it's kind of upbeat. Um, doesn't really lose your attention. I think that the, uh, the chorus, it, uh, the, the what's it called the verse is actually pretty up tempo and then the chorus goes halftime and i like that a lot I, I feel like slowing down the chorus gives a lot of sludge and it's, it's a great sounding song hold on one second talk amongst yourselves all right I'll that, give one, you that a topic. one initially was on my uh on my list I, I forget why i took it off though i don't think it just resonated with me i think that may have been why it's I'm back. I, I feel I feel like if it didn't resonate with you, I feel like that's easy for a lot of these songs. I, I don't think they're the most uh, vocally stimulating songs in the catalog. Some of well, them, sure. It's not even just vocally because but... like it's, it's not always about the lyrics for me. Uh, it's you know I it's, I think the album just doesn't resonate as, uh, and I think that's why this is really good practice to figure out what I would. It's because the from. guitars are unengaging. A lot of people <laughs> were, a lot of people felt like Reload was leftovers, but I have more Reload songs than Load songs. I did and, before I trimmed it. Yeah. And you missed it while you were while you stepped away for a moment. Oh, I can hear you. I just muted because I had a song in here and I don't remember what it was. I had to listen to it. Oh no, not you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, well, when Brian stepped away for a moment, uh, Rob had mentioned how they were playing. What was it? House that Jack built in two by four and Devil's, and Devil's Dance, Dance during the during Snake Pit tour. So those songs 25. were kicking around all at the same time, and two by four and House that Jack built got released before Devil's Dance, but they were playing that in 1994. Yeah. So. These are all like very old songs. It's it's oh yeah, which is why it's weird to me that, like, what what happened? Uh, so, I hope I hope that these albums, you know, after this giant black album box set comes out, I hope they do something a retrospective of Load and Reload, so we can get that full story. I'd really love to know. Very fleshed out demos of a lot of these songs. That's the link I sent you guys. It's it's them jamming it out and James kind of just making you know, scatting and riffs and stuff with his mouth for the yeah. melodies. It's cool. Yeah. There's there's a story to be told. There always I, is. There always is. Are right, you going? Who's going? Who's no, I, I did a, I said a better than you. So oh, that's right. Uh, Prince Charming. I have Prince Charming too. Oh. What Prince, you Prince, Prince Charming is a great riff. Share my um, brain. It's the riff. The riff gets me right from the beginning. I You can hear the articulation of the strings and the pick on the strings and the bends. Like it's. And it's the tone again. That's not a Metallica tone at all. I have it written here. This is a Metallica party song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a better way to say that. That's a good um, way of describing that. There's uh, there's four horsemen in the chorus. If if you need your throwback to kill them all, there's definitely four horsemen in the chorus. Um, there's a lot of sludge after the solo, like where uh, it breaks down a little bit after the guitar solo. I think is really really cool, um, but. Again, lyrically, not the strongest piece. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> but uh, other, you know, I mean, like I've uh, Prince Charming when Reload came out was my favorite song on Reload. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. That one grabbed me <clears throat> again from the beginning because where I was coming from musically, it was just happy. Yeah. And you don't think of very many happy Metallica songs. No. 
what are there other ones um i'm lost at the moment i don't think you know hero of the day is probably supposed to be a happy metallica song but i just can't get over how boring it is i mean bad seed is kind of happy ish it's interesting because bad seed they've never played live but they've like when they do the duels where they jam it yeah yeah I was I was just thinking that there's a, a scene in Cunning Stunts where they're like bridging the gap between two songs yeah. and just messing around and they play it. That's so, so I, odd. I've got one that I bet neither of you have. I'm so curious now. Uh, Low Man's Lyric. I don't have Low Man's Lyric. Now, why do I have that? Because the first time I saw Metallica live, you were both there. We were all there, weren't we? Yes. When they did the acoustic set, they played that song. No, I wasn't there for that. You were there. Mm-mm. We all saw Metallica together. The Giant Stadium. I just don't remember that. Yeah. That's it. They did an acoustic set. You don't remember that? God damn it. I don't remember that. They played Four Horsemen acoustically. I re- yeah. That I remember. I'm pretty sure remember. they played that song. Oh, man. Uh, I have a false I memory. All right. Hold on. I like it because it, it's just a cool song. I don't know. Hey, do you Maybe like what right. you I like? Just, yeah, I may, it, may, it may not stick with me because, again, these, these, album, this album, these albums don't stick with me. So maybe you're right. I do remember Four Horsemen, though. I don't remember that one. But I, I definitely will stand yeah. corrected. I got it from a video. It was uh, July 17th. Oh, that's so weird because that's like 10 days ago or so. Jesus. 1998. Wow. Yeah, they played that song. Wow, I can get you the whole set list from that show. Crazy. Oh, if you could, please send that to us in the group text. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, uh, dude, so, so check it out. So the acoustic set was Low Man's Lyric, Four Horsemen, Last Caress. And they came back yeah. for the encore, sad but true, Sandman, and then closed out with Creeping Death. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Death. It's really funny to hear. Gary Cantrell and who else opened? Days of the New. Days of right, right, right. Oh, that was a great, great bill. Yeah. It's funny hearing Creeping Death being the like the like the end of the show. Yeah. Because uh, I've been watching the uh, Live Ship Engine Purge uh, Snake Pit tour videos while I'm running. It's like the second song in the set. It's right after the Sandman. <laughs> I thought that was a great closer. I remember being so elated when Creeping Death was the closer. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, they they opened it with Bread Fan that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did they were doing that for I think they did that throughout the the like end of the black album and load reload tours. They did that. Oh, That's so, a really fun song. So it's a war metallic song. They didn't play for whom the Bell Tolls at that show. I was so disappointed. They, yeah, I remember. Uh, went to Rod Stewart's Pizza afterwards, but I remember that. I do. <laughs> Kinchley's. Yeah, I was wrecked. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Brian, uh, yeah. what, else, what else do you have? Yeah. You know, oddly enough, I have fuel. So, and the reason why, yeah, the reason why is because it's this high-octane rocker. Um, it's got its brief thrashy moments, I think, so, like, that resonates with me. Um, before it quickly returns, though, to that more groove metal approach that's laden throughout this whole album. Um, but you have that classic guitar solo that you hear that's heard in there. Um, I think that the reason why I like Fuel, though, is it captures the raw, carnal energy that the band brings live. And I feel like that song, I know what you said about the guitars and the sound overall. I don't agree with it with that song, though. I think that song, if you were to take the energy that they bring forth live, I think it's somewhat captured in this song, just minus the offbeat messiness of Lars live i think that this is the best version of them live you know i I, that you get without having a live cut whether it be video or recording uh that's why i think i like that yeah i think it captures their raw carnal energy and i don't feel that as much in some of the other songs um i had fuel on my list and i took it off for a different song that i'll say in a second but i think fuel is the reason why tom pisani um wound up being someone we played music with instead of tim 
because we were jamming on fuel back when it came out and Tom did the double bass drum part like flawlessly better than yeah. anyone else we knew. I think we played it with you, Brian, as well, too. And it was just like, that's hard. What's happening in that song? Just the way it's. Oh, no, that's before me. Yeah. 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 Or after me, way yeah. after me. Because if you're talking Tim, that's way after me. Yeah, but it was always a circle. Circle. It's a lot of innuendos here. <laughs> what is that? I said there's a lot of innuendos here. Load, reload, circle. Go. That's a good song. I didn't have that on my list, but I put something yeah. different. But did you have it, James? Uh, I did not have it. I didn't expect I actually, you guys to. In, in the process of like listening to those songs, I listened to like the first. This is so terrible. I apologize in advance. I listened to like the first 30 seconds and was like, nope. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. And I thought that was going to be my, my, because I don't. That's why I stopped listening to radio back in New York years ago is because I don't like how they constantly kill, whether it was classic rock radio or the, the rock station, they just would kill a song. It would come out and they would just play it to death. And Fuel was that. And I thought for sure that would be this case when I revisited it, but it wasn't. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised myself by that. Interesting. So you have one more, Brian? I do. I have one more. All right. I have. That you none of you haven't. Which is interesting because if we this will bring it full circle to what we were saying earlier. I have three. I, dead, so I do too. Any hints. I'm scared. What you want to do? Scared? Why don't Why don't you do your two? I'll do my two, and then we'll all do our. Oh, James! No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> way to leave us hanging, bro. Why don't we just click? <laughs> what a dick move. <laughs> Uh, now don't. we have this line in front of our face. Where do I go? Do I go down? Do I go up? Do I put myself in front of this? this oh, here, back. here we are. Oh, here he is. She's back. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick move, James. <laughs> did Did anybody else flicker a couple times there? No. Oh, you just yeah. disappeared. You're just like, ah, so, fuck like, this about. My, my, like, my, all of our screens were flickering black. So Melissa turned on the hairdryer and the electricity in my house is a little wonky. So if I right drop on. out again let me know or i'll know because it apparently it'll just go back to my freaking desktop yeah we'll but, know um, you won't be here yes exactly um <laughs> so what did you have rob i'm sorry yes i don't have memory remains i, do I not have, have memory remains either i have um <sighs> memory. come on so i'm gonna jump off. Uh, no i'm gonna jump off reload for a second i had i disappear I had a disappear too. If that's where they were going to go with Jason before, um, instead of where they went with St. Anger, that would have mm -hmm. been cool Metallica. I think it would have been too. That's I think cool that's, song. I think that song is the. God, that's just like the song I chose. Some of these reasons, which is not, that's not the song I chose, but that's interesting you say all those things. I think that song could have been like the, how, how the black album was like bridging the gap between injustice mm -hmm. for all and load and reload. I yeah. feel like that could have bridged the gap from reload to something else that was completely different. And it would have been totally fine. You got to give an, an honest listen to hardwired to self-destruct. I haven't listened to anything past reload. So you don't need to, but if you skip St. Anger and you skip death, death magnetic where they're trying to be lots of different things, I disappear does bridge the gap to hardwired hardwired. Yeah. Hardwired to me is, is like Justice, Black Album, and Load Reload together. Hmm. See, now I'll listen to that tomorrow. 
You, you sold me on that. I, I, I've been, it, it's like a conversation I've been meaning to have with everybody I know that would have listened to it. Be like, is this worth me wasting my time? Yeah, it's worth a listen. I couldn't sing you a song right now. Maybe that says something, but I enjoyed it when I've listened to it. Okay, conversely, I'm sorry. I'm going to put us on a tangent for a second. If Pearl Jam released a brand new album oh, tomorrow. We're over time here, guys. There's no B-side today. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Okay. I, well, I wasn't well, expecting more songs. What about yeah. Pearl Jam? If Pearl, <laughs> super interested now. If Pearl Jam released an album right now, <laughs> would you tomorrow know all of the songs by heart? No, not necessarily. No. So I, it's, I, it, I, it's I, it is a two way street. I loved because you've said that in previous episodes. Yeah, I loved a song on the most recent Pearl Jam album, and I couldn't sing it to you right now if I tried. And I loved it. I I think that's not indicative of a problem with the band or a problem with the album. I think that's indicative of Your where brain. we're at in our lives that we don't. We, so we can't absorb it the way we could these songs when we were younger. That like uh, I don't. I disagree. I think that I no. I think there's got to be something. And this is my opinion because the for my friends album, the 2008 release, the first album with Travis Warren as new singer Blind Melon. I could sing you every single goddamn song off that album. Brian, and that's just, not because I'm a huge Blind Melon fan because that's a brand new lyricist. You know, Brian yeah. just said to you, James. He said, Ah, no, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that was the that it was the, like oh, Rob, that, it wasn't my reaction like when Rob said those EPs and anything else suck. I'm like oh. uh, that was 100 percent what it was. You just censored it a little bit. <laughs> well said, Jeremy. I definitely don't feel okay. Yeah, he does. Okay, wait. Oh, you um, don't feel it? You sure. definitely don't. Oh, well, I'm still gonna give it a try. I'll, I'll see. What I want to. Yeah, that's a great. I like the way you wrote. Uh, said that, Rob. I mean, you guys. It's another. You had a lot of great nuggets of the Van Halen episode where you guys described certain things, and yeah. So I, I'm gonna definitely hardwired on my list of things to listen to. Check it out. Can't hurt. Don't pay for it. Listen on YouTube. I'm going to. My last reloads. You have two left, Rob. I have two reloads left. My last reload song. Um, no, not my last reload song. Jeez. Um, my That's second to last song. Uh, where the wild things are. Okay. Really. Really. Wow. Absolutely. Look Absolutely. at me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, go ahead. it's, I, I, think no it's sale. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's a, it's just an interesting song. It's, it's kind of different than everything else. And I, uh, I like James's for all the times that I crapped on his vocal stylings throughout these two albums. I uh, really appreciated it on these, on that song. I, I thought it fit the tone of the song perfectly. Um, it's a cool song. Yeah. Right. I think the song stands out as most likely to me, Jason New said it's the only song he has a hand in writing uh, in that one. So right off the bat, it has a different feel to it, the way we've talked about some of the other approaches he has to the music. So that's why I think that when people jump the bandwagon and give him hate because the band gave him hate, I think that's pretty crappy in their part and not really taking a chance to really look at the artist objectively. Um, the song drags along the floor like a ragged corpse. It's gnarly at times. But then there's a glimmer of light, man, with the pre-chorus and chorus harmonies and the vocals yeah. that are on the on the more soothing side of Metallica's typically jagged edges. So talking about happier songs, I don't think I don't definitely don't rank this as a happier song, but there is a lighter feel to it. And we were talking about that kind of that that juxtaposition and balance of of light and heavy. I think this song captures it in a very weird dance way, like this weird kind of it's it's a it's like a dance there's a dance. there's a march in there too yeah it's just it's it's i like it i it so and i don't know it's a great title too it's one of marie sendak where the wild things are book child's children's book i mean come on yeah uh so you got two left rob i do and i do like that song but i had uh carpe carpe dm baby again not a metallica song yeah 
Interesting. That like that one, I I went back into that knowing that it wasn't one of my favorites from years ago, hoping mm-hmm. that my I would have matured a little bit and gotten found something else in it, and I just couldn't get there. That was another one where I thought too I didn't like it initially, and I was like, well, that's okay, just give it a chance. Because I th- honestly thought I would hit skip on fuel. That one I skipped. I didn't. I didn't make it all the way through. I'm like, yeah, no, I still don't like this. I mean, for proper context for me, yeah, on reload, I like every song except for attitude. So ah. there, that was a really hard one for me to pick my favorite ones because I I like every song. Even Unforgiven too, it's hit or miss. But when I'm in the right headspace, it's cool. Um, but Attitude is the only one I don't like on it. So fucking Attitude. Oh, sorry. No, it's not even um, so what's your last song, James? Is it my last song? <laughs> uh, do you do we want to let Brian have this one? Let him go. That first was my or... last one. I gave He's you my last one. Oh, that there was, was your last one. Yeah, oh. I shot my load. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, Fixer. Had to. Oh, okay. I, uh, mine as well. It is yours. Yeah. Fucking high five. Um, but uh, I, I love the the intro, the guitar intro. I think is really really cool. Um, I I, I want to say playful, but that's not that's not what I mean to say. I get like it's it's good like bleeding me vibe kind of coming out of that song a little bit. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah I I like the slow. As it rides up into it, you know, yeah, builds into it. It's dark. Yeah, uh, very, very dark. From, yeah, from the beginning, that was a song that kind of connected to me. Yeah, like, that was a that was one of the easier ones for me. Like that was an automatic on my list. Yeah, from like the first listen to the album, that was one of my songs I was super into. Yeah. All right, there's someone outside the door at ten o'clock, which you're not welcome, sir. Shall not pass. So, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead sorry. No, I, I was just making sounds to segue. There wasn't thought coming after. So, I, I had one thought while I was, uh, I listened to the albums in their entirety to try and figure out what I was going to pick, you know, like aside from some that I, that were more or less, like I was just saying, like they were automatic for me. And I went into it after like listening to it and getting a feel for what was going on musically at that time. I told Rob this while we were in New York. I didn't try to pick a Metallica album out of all these songs. I tried to pick an Alice in Chains album. Oh, sorry. It just just, it just ruined me completely. Yeah, it just it just brought back memories of, of living with an English bulldog. I just sorry. But you, can, you kept my mouth closed. Do you hear that? Uh, yes, of course. Yes. It did. Yes, Probably louder much. than when if you did if you pulled away. But if you, I feel like if you can, and maybe this is just something that I do, but I feel like if you can superimpose all of these songs that we've talked about and that we've picked uh, as performed by Allison Chains with Lane Staley singing them, you would love them. Maybe. Does that, sound, does that sound nuts? No, it'd be interesting to hear another because singer coming at this differently. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I feel like after uh, these albums gave me an overwhelming really feeling. What? Sorry, no, that was I'm just trying to see what it looks like live and then it started talking. Oh as an ad. These albums kind of like gave me an overwhelming sensation of the band getting this is gonna sound worse than I intended to, but getting too big for their britches. That they had come off of you know, like being newcomers and not getting the notoriety that they were hoping for or maybe deserved. Then the black album hit and they exploded 
like they went from zero to a hundred and you know, the blink of an eye and then it became carpe diem. Like you can kind of just do whatever you want. And I feel like they did and it wasn't, it was too much all at once. I think also and maybe- some of it, I think translated to me is like the band phoning it in like that whole thing with, with Kirk and the guitar player of the year solo. There aren't any of those on this, yeah, I, you know, okay. like it, it just Probably seemed like, right. it just seemed like, like it wasn't, they tried so hard on the black album and I feel like this is half of that effort at its best. I feel I like disagree. also, okay. I feel like they were, um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, you started. I just want to say that I disagree. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> That's twice in one episode. Damn it. I think that who's a heretic uh, now. <laughs> the, when it comes to these that albums, it's like, very, very subjective. Man. You were saying, Rob? Sorry. I'm sorry. I was distracted by Brian's massive leg tattoos. I'm trying to find a comfortable position. There we go. <laughs> hey, gentlemen. Uh, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. <laughs> oh. I, like that mic. I like when the mic shows in the frame a little bit. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's just the tip of it, though, not the whole thing. Don't give yeah. away the show. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I think that they were crushed by the pressure of the Black Album, and this was them trying to experiment and conform even because you think like mid nineties, like they played Lollapalooza, you know, on this tour. Yeah. Like that's an alternative rock festival. So they're trying to find a way to fit and to be relevant. Yeah. Because okay, if, if, if the thrash rocket was going upward and then it kind of peaked at uh master of puppets and it became something unique and special on um, justice, justice black album flatlined, but that flat line, like a compressor, just knocked it to this, you know, stratosphere. But now they're here. Where do we go? Oh, we're going to go wherever we want. And and that's why I think it's so experimental. I mean, it's not like Lulu experimental with Lou Reed. That's hot dog shit. But it's just it. I don't know. I, I think it serves its purpose. And if you follow the arc from Kill 'Em All all the way to Hardwired to Self-Destruct, I, I just don't personally feel like this is the lowest point they had in the journey i agree okay yeah you make a good point i was uh, gonna I, say no i was gonna say maybe it was more of like do you think they just they don't give a, a flying fuck what other people thought like we're just gonna do our thing but when you when you put it into the case it's like you know we're just gonna do our own thing like instead of trying to figure out how to top what we just did and set the bar hard, why 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 do we need to we're already right. icons in the genre we have a stat we are the big four for a goddamn reason i don't need to prove anything but when you put it in the context of they're playing lalapalooza not to say they have no business playing at lalapalooza but i don't you, you bring up a really good you, you bring a point so yeah maybe maybe you're right maybe i may i'm giving i mean i'm being too much of the optimist there i'm not optimist prime everybody go check out warren cybertron it's awesome um autobots roll out yes so I was watching right before we came to this War for Cybertron. Not yet, no. I got really hooked on with my kids' uh, War for Cybertron. Where's that? It's like a, it's on Netflix. It's like a prequel. It's the first part of like, it looks like there's a trilogy of uh, like uh, limited seasons. Like there's that one has like several episodes, and there's a new one, and there's another one. So Bohemian's only five episodes. So I think that's their new thing where they're just really. It may be part one, part two though. You think, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a part yeah. two coming, but still, yeah, episodes still. The same. I don't think what War Cybertron. That's the case. I think. That has a series, and then there's another one. It has like several, and then there's another one that has several. And it, it's it plays as a prequel. It's really cool. It's a nice 
so far I'm, I'm only in episode two it's it's phenomenal sorry how long are the episodes do you guys want to see this uh, right here like minutes i'm driving this car and i'm just gonna go like this ghostbusters afterlife trailer number two anybody is it the one we all watched right we all yeah. talking about yeah yeah james yeah. showed me a video today of the main girl looking like a very different girl i'm confused i think she was uh, i think she aged that much from when they, she shot the movie because it's been in like it's been stuck for over a year because of covid yeah oh yeah so she, she's yeah. like a full the year first and a half trailer older for that was. came out a long time ago and i remember being like what's going on this it was time? supposed to come out march 2020 now it's coming yeah. out november 21 so yeah i mean if they and then figure all the post but they probably finished filming this thing in early 19 you know yeah so, yeah so like a lot of those actors like they're probably yeah like, like you were saying it's probably two years on from when they finished fil uh, filming i'm excited for it i think they're gonna do it right i feel confident I feel like with I just everything... hope it doesn't go cutesy. I mean, that, it's funny the scene with all the little Stay puff. I just hope it doesn't go too cutesy, just for the the sake of capturing. Ray answering kids. the phone was everything. Ray answering that the phone was... And did you did you see on his arm? Did anybody watch the deep dive into the trailer? No, yeah, not yet. Have, uh, do Do you remember the uh, the scene in in the first Ghostbusters where Ray and Winston are having the conversation in Ecto One about uh, Do you believe in God, Ray? Yeah. And he says, I remember Revelation. I can't remember the number, but uh, he said that whole passage. If you look at Ray's arm in that scene where he answers the phone, he's got it tattooed on his forearm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of little like casual, intentional callbacks. Yeah. It's oh, such yeah. a love letter to the first movie. I feel like for everything they've shown, and I know what you're saying about it being too cute with the Stay Puffs and stuff like that. I just but hope if, it's not going to be that if, way. Watch that deep dive trailer breakdown where they slow a lot of stuff down that you might have missed initially. Is that from New Rockstars? Did they do the deep dive or is somebody else doing it? No, I'm Jason Jason yet. Reitman did it for IGN. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll check that it's, out. Yeah. It's Send worth it your 15 minutes to watch it. Yeah. And I have no concerns whatsoever. Okay. I, I genuinely feel like you ever see like a trailer for a movie and you're like, wow, I hope that's going to be awesome. And then it's something that you get excited for. And you're like, oh, I, I feel like there's no way that's going to be a bad movie. And then it lets you down apocalyptically. <laughs> I feel like there is no way this movie is going to let me down Whoa, at all. Your words. <laughs> I hope I don't too. I, I don't see from everything that they've shown us. I don't know how. Right. I'm not saying it's not possible, but Anything's possible. there's, there's just two. And then the toy drop today with the Sentinel terror dogs. I'm done. I'm done. Ah, the toys with the, the, the them, like the aged. current Ghostbusters aged? Come on. Yeah. That's... Did you see the terror dog walking on its hind legs? Yeah. Yeah. I had seen concept art for that, and I wasn't sure if it was real, and then I saw that today. Which well, is... even the new Slimer-esque ghost is pretty cool. It's oh, what are they calling him? They gave him a name. They told him Munch, uh, Munchy or something Munch. like that? Yeah. I, I forget. Something, Muncher, yeah. maybe? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, you guys, seriously, watch I, that deep I, dive. Send it, send it to us. So, so good. Have I, I, you already watched it? I didn't watch the director one because I thought I, I would be not as like Easter eggy. But then I read the comments in the video that I was watching by someone else. And I'm like, I don't even feel like I should be doing this, but he just did it for us. And he knows more than anyone because he made the movie. <laughs> see, that, you see, yeah, there's certain movies. That's Star Wars, I stopped watching certain things at a certain point. Uh, there's certain movies I just stopped watching because I, I want to have the aspect of surprise. And I know yeah like spider-man i've stopped reading anything about um no way home because like there's just too many leaks and so i don't read if i see a spider-man article i see the sp i stop i just scan i mean i have anything to do with spider-man i just like i don't want to know finished, right now you finished loki oh yeah you like it i did yeah i yeah. it felt like the way a graphic novel or a really good short story arc 
come to live action. It was done really well. Stylistically, it was gorgeous. And it was very uh, chatty at times. But what's that? What if is what? Next week, I think it starts. No kidding. Really? August. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Maybe the week after. Well, that's a lot of excitement right there. And that one's animated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's check that out. All right, gentlemen. So what is the future? So we'll recap if you guys are listening to this in the, in the podcast, uh, podcast. Form, you can click below and there will be a link to, to uh, the YouTube channel that'll have all of the um, our lists. And then uh, I guess if you were watching this same thing sometime tomorrow, we'll get that updated. But thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, perhaps. Al said, I fell asleep holding a large cup of coffee. Were we that boring, or did you just have a really crappy cup of coffee? Are you burned? You don't drink coffee. Oh, dear. And you don't type so good. That's a good type. I'm confused. Anyway. <laughs> um, Many puzzling things. Yeah. All right. Well. So that's load reload. <laughs> yeah. So our future episodes are going to be pre-taped, but we're still going to uh, be able to debut them in the same format, so it'll be a live um, a live stream of a pre-recorded video with some fancy schmancy post-production coming your way. Um, yeah, it's going to allow us as artists to do a little bit more. Uh, the live thing has been really fun for us, um, but I think just as our lives have, you know, just changed even just over the last two years, it's just, you know, it's it's getting harder to do some of these live episodes with everybody's lives having just different responsibilities and, and things coming up. So I think doing pre-recording allows us a little more freedom as artists and, and just doing content for this this show so it'll be, it's a new exciting chapter we'll still release these on wednesdays sounds good yeah definitely we'll put a plan together and and looking for some feedback and some ideas and thanks you guys for hanging on this live stream we had a we had a good crowd hanging the whole time so we appreciate that it's been about an hour and 20 minutes so we should wind it down but we thank you and we look forward for fun times in the future we're going to play a little bit of for one more time we'll we'll send this out as the only way Stand by for what next week will hold or the next time we have released some. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's going to be. Do we know? Nope. I'm just excited. Like, is Rob, is Rob going to do the My Own Summer uh, <laughs> Crazy Blue Eyes remix? <laughs> I guess that's a no. 